It's the Cannon Bros, and you're now tuned into the dip. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are now tuned into another episode of the DIPP Dads in Progress podcast. I go by the name of Ski, aka Filipino Grigio, aka Mr. Cozy Wear, aka uh, Zodiac Zaddy, <laughs> Plant Bay, whatever you might, uh, whatever else they call me. God. <laughs> Here with both of my co-hosts and two-thirds of the podcast, I got my man Sport playing off fields and all courts, a.k.a. Hefe Horn, Chapo with the cheeks, Don at the behind, Chaplin at the back end. <laughs> Chaplin at the back end. I had that in the cut for like two weeks, bro. I was waiting to say that shit. Chaplin at the back end. <laughs> also got my man Hef Hefner, a.k.a. Oh, Humbly Hef, a.k.a. Hack Hef, a.k.a. Canary Hef. A.K.A. Mr. Hev, A.K.A. Trample Poppy, <laughs> <laughs> and we back for we back like Jordan wearing the four or five. Took a week off, feeling good. They ain't to play games with you. It's the aim with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we four got um, we got a special guest. It's only right that we come back after a week off with uh, a great guest. We've been trying to get this interview lined up for a little while. Uh, we got. The Cannon Brothers from the Cannon Academy with us today. Cannon. Yeah. How y'all feeling? How y'all feeling? What's going on? Thanks for coming. Yeah, we, we definitely appreciate y'all, y'all coming. For sure. Um, uh, let's get into it then. I don't wanna I don't want to delay because we got a lot to talk about today. So let me uh get with the questions. Um Um What made y'all decide to start the uh Cannon Academy? Like where that come from? Like what 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 made you decide to to take your, your your love for basketball and just turn it into academy and like a program you guys running. Well, um, so Canon is the brand, but in reality, Canon is myself and my little brother. Um, playing, my cousin took me to the to the gym when I was a, probably I say like a ninth, tenth grade. Take me to the gym, playing with college players, and I'm going hard. You know, I have the. The, the mentality just to go as hard as I can, attack whoever I'm going against. And being that young, going against, you know, 20-year-olds, they're like, yo, your attitude, man, you're, you're right at us. You don't care. So they were like, like chill, Cannon, you know. <laughs> okay, uh, so that's name, where it stemmed from. That's the name where, okay. really stuck, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the name really stuck. You know, I just embraced it. But, um, you know, the Cannon is me, and uh, I've been training since I was 14, training my friends, training my neighbors. Um, and I've always been – so to speak, a trainer. I've always been um, able to train others and help them. So the academy necessarily is not necessarily an academy yet, but, you know, the people who support us in our journey to to playing basketball ourselves and to, um, you know, just. I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but if you wanted to be academy, it's an academy. For sure. Like, yeah, if that's the, the goal, like we always want to we always want to live in what we want to be. We don't we, we we strive to that, so that's the goal. Like yeah. you know what I mean. We don't have to move the goalposts. We set the goalposts. So if it's an academy, it's Absolutely. an academy. It might not be that today, but it's going to be. Yeah, so yes, we sir. live like it. Like you know what I mean. Yes, sir. Go ahead. For sure. Yeah. So so yeah, it is an academy. Are the students of the academy are right. training to be my brother and I? Training to have the mentality that we have. Training to play like us. You know, to do all things, be the most skilled players on the court. You know, but yeah, so. So that's that's how it started. Okay. Anything That's definitely it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He nailed it, huh? Yeah. So with that, with that being said, with like the academy and and um, just like deviating a little bit, but just first thing that came to my mind, you're just trying to instill that attitude and mindset with people, and it'll reflect. Like you know, certain places, like um, 
even high schools, like certain high schools, you go through certain places, you could tell a, the style of play they play and how they play and the aggressiveness they play with and the attitude. You could tell where they came up through, like what cycle they come through. That's the hopes and the, the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, growing up, you know, I didn't have, you know, anybody to help me. I literally was the kid that was outside always working, you know, in the street. You know, I, I couldn't go far, um, go from block to block, stop sign to the next mailbox, you know. So I literally was just working up and down. So I teach my kids that, that your life is in your hands, you know, not even just my kids, just everybody that comes in contact with me. You don't have to play basketball. You could be in school, you know, just strive to do, you know, everything that you want to do, everything that you see, you know, possible, you know, you can do it. So you kind of like started this and then you incorporated your brother. How did that come along? I definitely say first, we've always been super close. Yeah. Just my brother and I. So So what's the, what's the age difference? Three years. Three years. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that's close. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So from my early age, you know, like he said, he's taking me to runs with his high school friends. I'm the young cat that's getting brought in. With the same mentality, I have to carry it the same way as Troy does. So right. if I'm not going hard, Troy's looking at me like, hey, bro, they dogging you out. So I got to carry the same mentality. So, you know, me being three years younger, I kind of had to pick up a lot of right. strengths quickly, especially mm-hmm. during basketball because, you know, that's a very skilled sport and athletic sport. Yeah. So I'm really, you know, developing a mentality to, to just dominate. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Um, I saw something on uh, Paul George had a podcast, and he was saying that, like, he think uh, basketball players can make the flip to football, but he don't think football players could ever play basketball because it's such a skilled sport. Like, you really got to have skill to play basketball. Yeah, Staying on basketball, where did the uh, the love for basketball come from? Um, my family originally, well, my, my entire family, they played football. You know, we played football in the beginning, but we weren't necessarily, you know, the biggest guys. I've always been skinny. I've always been type small, so mm-hmm. – I've I played basketball, but I didn't start taking it serious till I was 14. But because, you know, my family were football players, they kind of, kind of you know, talked a little smack about me not being not the being best football. at football, yeah, yeah not yeah. taking football. So I said, you know what, with basketball, I'm going to really make sure that, that I become something out of basketball. So it was, it was a love for basketball, but the passion really came to just, you know, show that hard work, through hard work, you could, you could be whatever you want. I definitely say – like, like you said, the love came through the passion, but early on I played football. I was a quarterback. That's what I always wanted to be. Okay. But my favorite player was RG3 growing <laughs> up, so, you know, I always wanted to be a Real football world. player. And then eventually, you know, the love went away after I was cut. So I'm, I'm dealing with, you know, what it's like to be cut in middle school. My brother was like, yo, basketball season's coming up. You work hard in basketball. Like you said, you don't have to be big. You don't have to be strong. And I, I started dominating on the court, and I kind of felt like, okay, this is my place. You know, I can I can be myself here, and I don't have to try to fit someone else's you know yeah. standards. Yeah, that's good. That is true because you you know football. What that's eleven players, basketball is five, and it's more like uh, inducive to your talent. Like if you have the talent, you can you could be special on the court. But like, just elaborate on your upbringing. Like you said that you talked about like uh, your whole family was football family and stuff like that. Well, just in general, like how was it coming up? Um, I say my mom has a vision impairment. So just off of that, your life is naturally different. You oh, have yeah. To, you have Absolutely. to help your mom. And I, I live with my father as well. So you have to help your mom. You got to be there for your mom. So just timing in general, 
didn't really have much time because any free time, you got to be there to assist your mom. Now, granted, she still can see, but it's how much you have to assist her more than another person would. So yeah. now my father's devoting more time, taking her places everywhere she has, she has to go, he has to go. So we don't have rides. So we got to walk, got to ride our bike, got to find other ways, you know, to, to get the things we want to to get the things we want to get 10 times harder at such an early age, you know? Yeah. So a lot of people didn't even have that adversity. Some people had it, you know, that's how you can really tell if you love something is like, if it's all, all the uh, obstacles in the way to, to get it done and you still get it done. Like, Hey, I'm gonna ride my bike. Are we walking? Are we going to yeah. find a way? Cause with basketball, you know, like it's a lot of practice. There's a lot of getting to the gym and all that. And then what happens is, the weather change and you can't just go play. We do play outside, but it don't always it ain't, it's snowing. You need to go indoor. Like, you know, yeah, our, yeah. Our court was outside in the back. We had a legendary backyard court. The whole neighborhood would come to eventually the point where everyone stopped coming. It's just, it's just Troy and I. And like yeah, said, yeah. in the snow, we're out there with snow gloves on. Yeah. Out there in the hot, it's no, no shade, hot weather. It starts raining. I'm not trying to go inside. I go inside. It's nothing to do. You know, we did we we're fortunate, but right. not as fortunate as others. I'm not going inside having all the video games to play. And yeah. even so, my parents, the way they brought us up, they were a little bit strict. You know, we kind of didn't my have mom, a... My mom's a teacher. My dad, you know, he's the type dude, got it on his own. So, yeah, our upbringing really was strict. We didn't go to parties. We weren't allowed to. When it came to playing the game, you get... Two hours total for the weekend. Mind you, <laughs> if you, had a you couldn't play week. during the week if you had a perfect week. Not That's just cleaning any. the cleaning the kitchen, doing all your chores, going to bed <laughs> yeah. on time, homework, homework. and you got two hours. That was that was the reward. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, two <laughs> hours. So I'm playing thirty, 30 minute minutes. increments. That's what you time management, right? Play together. Nah, we didn't play together. I had to play my time on my time. That's time management for you. I'm really finding what I love to do and what I know I need to spend my time on so like I said I'm only playing the game for 30 minutes and then my dad is coming in there it was a switch he would come in there open the door bang smack the switch and at that <laughs> moment the electricity would cut off that was that, it that outlet so you know <laughs> so our bringing was, was really really focused you know we like I said we couldn't even leave the the our block we went to the stop sign to the other mailbox as far as riding my bike as far as dribbling the basketball so so literally, we were only focused on that goal of playing college basketball, that goal of making it out. You know. Yeah, I understand that, and that's one thing. Uh, a kid with a basketball, like that—that's no harm. Like you know, people fear for you when you play football. Like, oh, you're gonna get hurt and get all broken up. Like, you can give a kid a ball; he ain't have nothing. As long as you had it, somebody in the neighborhood had a ball, we was all right. Like you know, I, yeah. I always I always looked at things that way. Um, but yeah, um, if you just. Tell us uh, about your uh, your skills just playing in school and stuff like that. How was uh, like high school ball first and stuff like that? Um, I know you said you got uh, you started you got cut from the football team in middle school, but how was that after that and just like getting into basketball? Because it's one thing to play out on the court and on the, the backyard, and then it's another thing to play under the whistle. So I was I was cut from that team. Uh, was it seventh grade year? My middle school football team, and then that same year I got ranked in basketball. So at that point, it showed me like, okay, I could really, I could really be something in basketball for my area, especially again being so short. Right. I'm only five eleven now, so yeah. back then I'm really like yeah. five two. <laughs> I'm really showing that I can have abilities to be something special, and I was able to, you know, showcase my talents on my middle school team and eventually go to high school, in which, 
I'll let Troy speak now, but in which our, our story kind of unfolds. Yeah, so, uh, so I say, I was, like I said, I, I wasn't the best kid because I made that switch at 14. You know, some kids been playing since they were eight. Yeah. So middle school, I didn't play, I didn't play in practice. So I'm going to practice, I'm sitting the bench in practice, you know, so that really was a, a, a hard thing for me. And then, it's um, tough. And then going through what I went through um, in my rec league, you know, with with coaches arguing and, and making me feel like, you know, like like when you watch your coaches argue about you playing, mm-hmm. you know, the coaches don't ever think about how the kid feels. They don't right. ever look at the kid and see if they're truthfully confused on why they're not playing, on why they're arguing. So right. I went through a lot with that. And then, like I said, playing – not even playing the bench, but, <laughs> you know, being on the bench in practice um, – my grandmother, she's a social worker, so she she always thinking about mental health. I went to a hypnotherapist. I went to the hypnotherapist. You know, she really broke down how I how I felt, where the the root of the problem was coming from, and um, I, I truthfully. But before you move on, just I don't want to cut you off. Just for people who may not know what it is, when you know as they're watching this, what what exactly is hypnotherapy? Because hypnotherapy. Yeah. Um. I say it's. It's a type of therapy where you're tapping into your, your, your subconsciousness. So the things that you don't think about, but you are reacting to, that you are feeling. So you know, a lot of people may feel um, depressed every single day. They, they wonder why they, they wake up and they can't eat. You go to a hypnotherapist, they talk about you not eating. It, it breaks down to a problem that's underlying, but you, you don't necessarily think about it here, but it's in the back. Right. Like dig deep. Yes, yeah, it's, it's deep. So um, I went there talked on a on a deeper level and when I came out of that it stemmed my mindset to become anything I wanted to become that's where canon like our life really played out to where I didn't know before but it built and built and built and built to where now we are canon um I did the hypnotherapy and then that that really helped me and I it took me to ninth grade ninth grade I played freshman shouldn't have tried out for freshman I should have tried out for JV or varsity, and that would have really placed me where I was supposed to be. I played freshman at the end of that year. I got brought up to JV at the end of – I mean, not at the end of the year, at the end of the season. I brought up to JV. At the end of the JV season, I got brought up to varsity. Mind mm-hmm. you, I played the bench in, in eighth grade. Right. right. So in ninth grade, I was capable of playing varsity. So just one summer, I turned my whole life around. Um, then I went, you know, went through the ranks, played I'll JV. Keep the- before you, uh, you move on, how much do you think that was key to the therapy and just your mindset of, like, believing that you can be that good or not? The therapy? Yeah, yeah. Like, from your therapy, you see, like, prior to that, you said you was riding the bench in middle school. Mm-hmm. And you say you went to the therapist and stuff like that. And you went through the hypnotherapy. And then, like, you saw a, a exponential leap and, like, like, you gradually moving up to varsity. How much do you think that played a role into it? Um, I think it... It just made me look at life differently and, and breaking it down. The same way she broke down my mindset is the same way I, I began to break down basketball. So on the lines of just dribbling, I looked at dribbling on a deeper level of how I do it, how I do everything. So it helped me just just move move forward with everything and breaking it down. Even school, school became a little bit easier and just applying your, your mind to it. Also with intent, though. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like a lot of people... A lot of people, they just kind of like floating through life. Like I, I, when I was your age, I'm just thinking from my experience, right? I was just doing these things because it was a basis of routine. I had to go to school. I had to do this. I had to do that. But it wasn't ever the intent behind it. So the fact that you got into to something so early, 
Like a lot of kids, I, I wasn't thinking about going to the therapy or hypnotherapy uh, or any type of, you know what I mean, right. at that age. So the fact that you you were able to do that is makes all the difference in, in, in your journey. Yeah. yeah. I say with our intent, our like I said, our parents, they didn't really get us much. So we would have things, but just the minimum. Right. We have food in the crib, just the minimum. I want to eat more. But right. only way I'm going to eat more, when I tell my dad, I want some more food. You better get your own food. Right. Yeah. I'm 10 years old. He's 13. Yeah. I get to 12. You better get a job. Right. I'm 12 years old. What 12-year-old yeah. is thinking about what job he's going to be working? Right. right. But, you know, these are the things that kind of built this desire. Like, okay, if I'm going to, you know, get my get what I want in life, I really got to work for it. And if yeah. I really want the things that I want, I'm knowing I'm going to have to work even harder to get it yeah. because these aren't. Developing small. that mindset at such a young age of like, you know, right. I got to do what I got to do. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? And exactly. like, and I think I, me just listening to your story, you, you were saying is just like from there, you just got a clear perspective that like nothing can get in my way. Yeah. And I think we lack that mindset sometimes because we be in a fog with things mm-hmm, like yeah. the mindset of like, yo, it's nothing that's not uh, that I can't accomplish. Yeah. And like once you turn, you once you tap into that part of your mind, like the sky's, the, sky's limit. the limit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So speak to like how it is you you uh you being the older brother setting the pace like you know what I mean so it was like you the first one to go through it you you in high school he's still in middle school and it's like and you setting the tempo and he like how is how is that dynamic I know y'all y'all got to be rivals because y'all close in age but at the same time like he don't have no choice but to come behind you like so yeah. you experiencing everything before him yes. how was that being that like you really are the trailblazer for this yeah um I'll say uh. My brother, he he was he was my rival for a long time, and and we were always close. You know, take your brother. Yeah, you don't have no choice. You don't have the choice. Yeah, you really don't have the choice with little brothers. Like, so I took it. I took it like I need to make sure that he doesn't have to go through anything I went through. He will never not know. That's the whole thing. Being the first person, you just don't know. You experience it, and now you can tell. Exactly. So being three years older, I'm a senior when he's a freshman. He's not he's not in the layup lines, missing his layup. You know, he's doing the right footwork every time. He's making the bounce pass. So he didn't have to go through the the natural mess ups and, yeah. and misunderstandings with coaches and things like that. He already knew how to right. How to be. You took those bumps so he can have a smoother ride. Yeah, yeah. So I took it upon myself to be like, bro, you're not going through anything. Like yeah. you're low key, you're gonna live the perfect life. That's yeah. what I wanted for him. So speak to your dynamic of it. Like, how is it like once you having somebody to come before you to give you the Oh, coach, expect this. Do this. Don't get upset. He does that to everybody. He did that to me. Like, how is that perspective? That like, yeah, you got it tough, but you also have somebody that's going through the things right. that you can learn right from. Like, you got an in-house tutor for which which you're trying to like, get uh, accomplish your yeah. path easier. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because he already went through it. I definitely say a lot of things were a lot simpler because you know you have a, like you said a tutor there to help you find your answers and tell you okay, do this and this is how you need to do this certain thing or how to carry yourself. You know, especially with like professionalism, I'm coming into my meetings, coming in my practice 15 minutes early, you know, staying after. I'm knowing all the little things mm-hmm. that gets the attention of, you know, the next level to where, you know, my brother, he's, he's literally giving me all the game. Other right. kids around me, they're not knowing anything, but right, right, I right. feel as if I was definitely suited, a lot more suited. But as far as having an older teacher ahead of you, especially with the arrival, we was rivals our whole lives. So at a certain point, we're no longer rivals. This is real life. Yeah. You are two people. You better work together or you're just going to crash each other out. So I had to learn how to listen, you know, and learn how to just suppress my ego and 
oh, big bro's telling me something. No, that's just big bro. No, I'm just, okay, what, bro? You want, you want me to do this? I need to do this? Okay. I'm understanding that he knows, especially what he went through, he's knowing what's next for me. So he's like, yo, you go down this path, this is what's next. Better not go down this path, or that's what's next. So I'm able to literally pick a lane and decide which way to go, you know. That's good. That's great. That's dope. That's dope. So w- when do you guys decide to, like, pivot from, you know, your playing career to to training and teaching and stuff like that? Um, I say that is the the most confusing thing for most people is that it's Canon Academy, but I'm still currently playing. Okay. So it's a story, but I'm – Well, that's what you're here for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that part later, yeah. but my kids that train with me, they're watching me hit the drill. So we're when I train with my kids, we train together. So while they're doing it, I'm doing it. It's not a I'm teaching you, I'm just telling you. A lot of kids, they don't necessarily respect some trainers because they're just telling them, because they're just just watching and not actually performing. So the fact that we perform, the fact that we do the drills right in front of them is – it's a different relationship. It's something to be said to watch your coach or, or the person teaching. We, we had a remember you gave the analogy before about the about mm-hmm. the swim teachers. How we, uh, like it's like we you see a swim teacher right, and it's everybody else in the pool, but it's the swim teacher is the only one that's dry. Yeah. And it's like, no, why don't you sit here and swim these laps instead of blowing that motherfucking whistle? You know? yeah. But it's it's something to be said that for, for you to, to actually do the drills with them. So that's that's dope. But you can continue. A lot of our kids, they get to see us get better. You know they. Come to us like, oh, I got this drill. Did you see this one? I'm doing a new drill that they haven't even seen. Like, what? You can do that? Mm-hmm. I'll come back later with a newer drill. I'm doing this now. They're like, dang, you keep progressing. So it's, they get to truly see, you know how people go, oh, I've gotten good, but you can always get better. People are like, man, I'm good enough. Nah, they literally can see us getting better day right. by day by mm-hmm. day. Yeah, you know? it's like you said, it's something to be said if somebody is doing something. And not just like telling you, you like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, men- it's mentality first. They see the way we attack everything. You know, I get on the treadmill, I'm pushing it to the top pace, and and I don't stop. So when they're running right next to me, when I look at them and they get ready to stop, it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you better keep yeah. going. You know, <laughs> that's always that always was the next level with me. Like anytime my coach got into it with me, and it's like when you want to quit. And you got somebody that's still going like, all right, well, I, I got to go longer. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, That'll give you the mindset. Yeah. Yeah. But um, we bouncing around here. But I did want to ask you, like, if you go back to uh, your upbringing, like you said, like you got what your parents gave y'all what you needed, but uh, never felt like more than that. Did you think that stemmed from their upbringing or, is, or was it a lesson in that? Like, because it is a thing. It is like. They could have let y'all play the game all day if they didn't feel like principal like that that could rot your mind and you're just wasting time. Like, do you think it was a reason behind the structure you guys got? Like, was it was it beneficial to you guys or was it a reason to it? Like, you know, is it a backstory to it with your parents? Um, I say it is it's definitely beneficial. Would I raise my kids like this? Yeah. Do I yeah, know they're yeah. gonna be a little annoyed at me? Yeah. yeah. You take a but little it, piece of that and add what you want to do with yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Yeah, but my my grandfather was in the Marines. Okay. So my mom is getting that strict background. Right. So right, I could right, tell right, it was right, something. Right. I exactly. knew it was something. I'm like, I know it gotta be something where it's like we draw the line in the sand, like it comes from somewhere, like a military family. Yeah, military yeah, my, my mom's a teacher as well. So yeah, twenty seven so, yeah. years. So I'm she That's knows dope. all the and especially going through grade school, she's a third grade teacher. So yeah. I'm in class. She's like, oh, yeah, I know what homework you got. 
you do your homework well here's extra homework <laughs> here's, yeah. i know exactly what reading program y'all doing here's yeah. more things to read yeah so she already diverted us from the fun of life to making it you wake up you work and then as far as my dad he's a working man he wakes up he works so i'm seeing my dad go to work take care of my mom come home and look at me like yo what did you do today this right. is what i did so if i didn't put any work well, i just sat around all day why are you sitting around you ain't go outside. You ain't put no work in. You ain't do anything productive. Right. So understand, yeah, yeah. That definitely instilled y'all. Cause I mean, it's it's a it's a fine line where I think we we spoil our kids sometimes, and you don't prepare them for the real world because the real world hits you at like sixteen, seventeen. Right. It's like what you gonna do? Cause like you 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 turn from the adolescence, and you got. All the time in the world to figure out who you want to be. To what are you doing with yourself? Right. You a bum. Like that. Tur- that happens real, <laughs> real fast quick. in your life. Yeah, like, yeah. and it's good that like they instilled that with y'all so young because it's like yo, one day you're going to be an adult. You're going to be the guys you are now. And and like you said, like y'all spoke volumes of like the, the way y'all was brung up. Like that was that meant a lot. And yeah. try, try like you to continue about you know what leads after ninth grade, but that's what helped us when going through the things we went through because the whole time I've never knew, I've always known that it was no easy way out, that the only way I was going to ever get what I wanted in life truly was if I put my head down and worked for it. So I never felt like at any point was I ever tired or, man, I'm working really hard. I'm not getting anything from it. Oh, and just give up. I always knew that you have to work like this. Because this day, like I said, you all the chores, yeah. all the homework, two yeah. hours. Two hours, that's, that's nothing. it. <laughs> that's nothing, man. You miss your mark on one of them, you're getting an hour and a nah, half. Nah, it's an hour and a half. An hour. And it then, just decreases. Yeah, and then the, the trueness of it, I'm not doing my homework every day. So yeah, now yeah. I only got 30 minutes this week. That's nothing. But yeah. I, had to, I learned to, okay, if I really want what I want, I got to work for it. Yeah, that's, that's something, yeah. So just speak about, uh, like, um, you say you guys uh, after high school, how was just playing in general? Um, so, so in high school, um, I had a, I had a college that I was, you know, visiting, spoke with the coach. I went to a camp. They found me there. Yeah. Visited, um, did the whole nine, you know, I really thought that was the school for me. Right. And then when I gave my, my phone, my, my phone to my head coach in high school to set up, you know, just have them come down, see me in action at home. No, they were going to be uh, traveling up the East Coast. Right. You know, so I felt like like everything was going to be good. And then right. once once the two coaches talked to each other, I never heard from my college coach again. Wow. So after that, I had to, you know, just hold that. Because, you know, you can't talk to – you want to talk to your coach and ask him why. But yeah. He's the one who did it to you. Yeah. At that point, you tell your parents, do they believe you? Do they truly know what's going on? They. Oh, well, you must have done well, you know. So I'm literally just having to hold that myself. And then my brother had to fall from from that consequence. I say after witnessing that experience, I'm coming from middle school being ranked in the state. And I'm thinking, you know, okay, I'm one of the elite prospects in the state. I'm definitely going to have a good playing career in, you know, high school varsity. Right. My freshman year, he tells me to transfer after he does that to my brother. Now I'm confused because I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, wait a minute, that's that's crazy. The fact that I was on freshman, I my JV, or not on freshman, as a freshman, I was on JV. His varsity team was only eight players, yeah. all seniors and juniors. So it's nothing but yeah. You know, you, not it's it. more it's more about your class than it is about your talent. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like he said, he went from freshman to varsity. His freshman year, 
I'm thinking I'm going to go from JV to varsity right. my freshman year. Right. But after that situation, he told me to transfer. I'm kind of met in the middle. So at that point, I had to transfer. Because if somebody tells you that, you don't play about yeah. that. Especially, Especially when he does. When it's when coming he, from, yeah, yeah. He already did it to my brother. So right. considering that, the rules in Delaware, you have to sit out. Or at the time, you had to sit out a year. Yeah. I sat out that year and then had to transfer to another school. Only to get to the next school and the coach say the same thing. Wow. I had a college opportunity. This time, though, I kept it. because of what I went through, I did mine in the beginning, fall ball. Come see us play in the fall. That happened. For him, I said, you know what? We're not going to do that. We're going to wait until the end. Went to the same camp he went to. It's called Hoop Group. Yeah. Major camp. A lot of basketball players know about it on the East Coast. Got a college opportunity. In contact with the school. Waited till the end of the year. My season happened how it happened. And as well, my coach didn't even play me. All throughout high school, my senior year, I played eight minutes a game. Not saying that means anything to the playing, but that's how they viewed me for right. whatever reason. And end of the year, I had my college opportunity that no one even knew about. I kept it on the on the lowest of keys. Yeah. Same thing happened. Hey, coach, I have my college coach. Can you talk to him? You have a college coach? Yeah, yeah. How do you get that? I have it, though. Right. All right. Never heard from him again. Wow. So that's how we ended up, you know. Pivoting. Pit, not, 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 we haven't pivoted. We haven't pivoted. Not yet. Right. <laughs> not yet. Right. Let's let, we'll just, we'll just go through the story. And yeah. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so boom, that happened to him in high school. Now we're both, you know, free in college. I went to a, a college in Virginia. You know, situation out there wasn't good for the basketball team. So I ended up coming back home just so I could keep my, my hopes you know, my, my college, yeah, my eligibility, my college opportunities alive. If yeah. I went there, I wasn't going to be able to play. Right. So now we're both together, and this is where we really came together. And this is kind of where Cannon Academy came about. You know, um, we spent seven years trying to play on a team. Um, just working at Walmart Distribution, working at Amazon, trying to be a better basketball player, but working Amazon Distribution, I mean, Amazon and Walmart Distribution, you're on your legs all day. Yeah. Then I come home and I want to work on my vert. <laughs> yeah. Can't work on your vert when you're on your legs all day. Nine to yeah. five is killing your dream, and that's <laughs> that's the that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. so so we decided to to you know pull out of work and I said, I'm just gonna train and whatever money comes from that, you know, however my financials are from that, you know, it is what it is. And yeah. as I'll say as far as making these decisions, you know, you, you have your parents who you'd expect to be on your side during these situations. But it'd be times my parents say, are you sure you're not doing anything? And I'm looking at them like, I'm telling you the truth. Like, this is my truth. So the only way I could tell you and show them that I was telling you the truth the whole time was to never give in of just accepting what had happened to me. Nah, I'm still trying to play college basketball. I still want to get there because I feel like something, something happened to me. I don't know what happened, but in these moments, I feel like it was taken from me almost. Yeah. So. And like you said, your, your parents, like y'all say, y'all parents worked. So the idea of like like freelancing and being entrepreneurs is, is a scary thought to people of that era. Like, yeah. no, mm -hmm. what do you mean going on your own and doing things like that? No, we went to work and we got paid. That's how we did things. So, exactly. of yeah. course, they fears like start to project on y'all. Like, I understand that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I literally was, you know, stuck in between of listening to them and making my own decision at the same time. You can't play the 50 when you make decisions like that because that moment you're supposed to put your whole foot there and you only put half, now you only get half of what you're trying to do. So at some mm -hmm. point I said, uh, you know, I'm about to just go full-fledged with training. 
And I met I met someone who knew a coach, and we finally got our opportunity to play college basketball together this time. So now it's like we're both fulfilling our dream and of playing college basketball. Um, we get there. Um, we're really yeah, we worked our tails off like seven we, years of waiting. When I got there, yeah, hard up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not exactly. playing. So I'm not and y'all built for it. Like it's not nothing came easy. So it's like you know what I mean. Like you ready to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like yeah, it's something and, I'm used to. And we got there and we we did sort of that. Like we got straight to work. It was in Vermont, so you can imagine these mountains are very steep. We're running mm-hmm. the mountains in Vermont with elevation, elevation mask on. Yeah. Showing so running up mountains with elevation yeah. masks? Oh, yeah. Different. Yeah. It took you. Elevation. Yeah. <laughs> it's a double shot of elevation. So with, with how much work we put in, by the time we get to the season, we're winning sprints by half court. <laughs> I've completely shown how much work I've put in with how much with I'm not going to say how little, but how little work they've put in. I'm always in the gym, but you don't really see them in the gym. We're outside running up in the sand pit, running the mountains. You don't see them outside doing these things. So everyone in the community kind of knew, okay, these guys are here to really put something down. They're really here to, you know, to make something great. And um, we played. We had a practice where we – it was the practice before the season started. So, you know – this is we were two new guys coming into a team. They lost two players. We came in and basically filled those guys' spots. So, with a new coach, so everybody's in there trying to show and prove. Nobody yeah. knows each other. You know what I mean? And we finally, we finally played in together in practice. Mind you, we didn't play together in practice. We were brothers, so they kind of kept it kept it separate. So we finally played together in practice, and then at that point, we um we we showed off. You know, we we really we did well. And the coach brought everybody to the baseline and said, you're not going to dominate. So at that point, we're back in a situation. We're back in the same type of situation as before, but kind of confused because this time we, we've been through this before to where we didn't know. This time we made sure we were doing the extra. We were putting in the, the shots. You know, We were in practice doing the right things. We were good teammates. Yeah. So, so now we, just, we were just confused at that point. So I say after that, and mind you, this is first two and a half months of the season. So the season, you have practices. Before these seasons even starting, we're dealing with this situation, coming home to, not coming home, but coming back to the dorm room, like, yo, what's going on? Like, I hope it's, I hope <laughs> it's not, you know, another yeah. situation, but it's starting to look like it. You know, you, you win a sprint by half court, everyone's just like, it's like, hold on. You ain't just, you're not seeing how much work I'm truly putting in. Like, I truly would die for this moment. Right. And I'm showing you of how I'm losing my mind on this court, but it's not meaning anything. And that really takes a toll on your mental health. Because where you think that stemmed from with the coach is just. That's what I was about to say. Did you yeah. ever get an explanation, like, on why they was doing what they were doing? I'm not, I'm not. Or what was the dynamics of Vermont anyway? Like, I never been there, but <laughs> all of our—I'll just say all of our coaches were African American, so I can not yeah. even tell you that it was it was racial or right, right, right. you know anything of that nature. Yeah, I, I don't—I don't know what what the issue would be. You know, mm-hmm. we right. got four—we had four point at that school. So mm-hmm. before we left, we left the semester. Even in and, high school, I was an honor society student. I had a four point in high school, so like that's just a tell to my character, you know, and my work ethic in the classroom, you know, just outside of basketball as well. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure on that note. Was y'all flashy players or like? 
Um, who isn't though? Like, I mean, who is who? I mean, who isn't like uh, like you play basketball with style and swag? Like, you know, okay. everybody. I think so. Like, did you think that ever ever alienated y'all on the court to make people like, oh yo, like we don't like care for them brothers? Okay. Like when it comes to style and swag, um, it can be viewed two ways. Yeah, that's true. But my attack to the game, I attack the game. I attack my opponent. So that's what my style is, is to right. attack, to go hard, you know? So Offensively and defensively. And defensively. So on defense, I'm bringing my teammates to attack. <laughs> you know, offense, I'm attacking. So I don't think I'm a flashy player by any means. I feel like right. I do what, what needs to be done in the moment. You know, when you're skilled, you could use your left hand just as good as your right. If you drive in and you take a left-right step, I could go up with my left hand. For some people, that's flashy because they would never think to use it. Like for me, that was what I needed to do in the moment. Yeah, that you know? was skill. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like I'm a very skilled player, and and you you add that to knowing the game, you know? Studying the game. Studying, studying the your game. opponent. We really take time to invest in our opponents just as much as they, you know, would hopefully. I mean, I hope they'd study me as well. Right. So we spend a lot of time studying who we're going against. So we're coming into these practices knowing tendencies. Knowing abilities, you know, I'm playing tendencies. I'm playing abilities. I'm literally like dominating the game because I is it's on a mental level though. Yeah, you're dominating mentally. I understand. Yeah. So, what was the pivot from from Vermont? Like, you guys came home from there, or so? Yeah, after after we went through that situation in Vermont, we're still there. We again at another crossroad. No one to talk to. Talking to my parents, we're like, oh, stay there. You're fine. Talk to the AD. He's like, like we told him the whole, and it's deeper. We're on the team. Oh, you want to say something? Sorry. No, no, no. Oh, I thought you were holding up. No, no, no. Yeah, we're on the team. We can't sit together. We're on the team. We can't ride the bus together. On the, sit together on the bench. Can't Jeez. sit together on the bus. That's crazy. We called the Scott brothers, but when we played, we never played together. We only played that one time when he said you guys won't dominate. Yeah, we never played together. Like I'm talking about starters go. Hold on, Will. Y'all good? Start. Oh wait, Troy. No, no. You go. A like, drill. Yeah. A drill will come. Not in the drills. We get start playing preseason games. Wouldn't put us. I'm like, okay, maybe I respect it. Maybe not you as a brother, but as you know, but as a basketball, a good basketball player. Right. You want you the know? best people on the team on the, yeah. on the court at all times. Exactly. And, and, and it seemed like. It, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it yeah. seemed like they try to put that like a negative against y'all because y'all was brothers. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like use it again. if you was two different individuals that was very talented, we would want y'all on the floor together. But because y'all brothers, we don't want y'all playing together. Like and it was really ironic because you know in that first meeting you meet the coach, he's like, you know, I like dogs. I like yeah. to have two. I like to press a lot. I like to run. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I like to score. A I like lot. to we're score. Like, okay, we're gonna be in, in good hands here. This is describe. He's describing our game, right? You know? Yeah. And, and then, it's like they, he brought y'all there, like you know what I mean? Um, this coach, this or this was the coach after y'all committed to going there. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah. So. A new, a new, a new coach. coach. Yeah, walking into the like, hey, you not yeah. my guys, but y'all here. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is why we felt like we had to work so hard, you know, to show who we were. Right. Which is why we felt like we showed who we were. Right. To to kind of show like, hey, I'm really good, or not really good. I'm really skilled, yeah. and this is how you can you can use me. 
So, so at this point, your mom telling you guys y'all should stay. What did y'all ultimately do? Like y'all end up yet, leaving, or yet again we went to a psychologist. We went to the okay. school psychologist, talked to the, talked to him, and um, and we did this over weeks. You know, it was probably like a month because yeah. we we saw this happening in the first month, and then that month passed, and then now we're we're facing eligibility. You know, trying to keep our eligibility, trying not to get too deep into the season to where if we had to make a decision to leave. You could. Um, we like, could. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be a, a, a bad thing. I'm turning against my teammates. You know what I mean? I'm turning my back on them, rather. Um, so we went to the psychologist, and he said, out of all the things that have happened in your life, maybe you should put your life into your own hands. It's always been somebody else having your life in, in their hands. Yeah. So we said, you know what? Um, we're we're going we're gonna to resign from the team. Now, we didn't quit the team. We resigned from the team because we wanted to explore the reasons why we were feeling the way we were feeling yeah. and also what was going on on the court, you know? Because when you talk to the athletic director and he says, I was wondering why you, you, you weren't playing. When you talk to the assistant coach and he's like, keep doing your thing. I, one day, you know, you'll be seen the way you want to be seen. And at that point, you're hearing that you're doing everything you can do, but right. it's nothing you can do. Yeah, the stress come from that. Like when, when you done, when you feel like you put all the work in and – like anything, and we we speak to an episode we had before with uh with a kill and like mm-hmm. life life is math, right. and when it don't add up, it, it naturally you you confuse. So I've done A B, and I'm expecting C or whatever, and when it don't work that way, and then you going over a grueling of a season, and it's like, what can I do? That that that'll tear you apart mentally. Mm-hmm. That'll like rip you apart. And then what was good? Did you guys had the tools, like you said, to go to therapy and go see the psychiatrist and stuff like that and say, like, yo, let's take a step back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and even doing that, you know, it's it's a it's a stigma on seeing the psychologist and on talking oh, yeah. about those Absolutely. things. Yeah. So especially feeling weak, you know. Especially oh. being an athlete too. That that compiles wow. on it like like, what do you mean you you sitting out for the rest of the season or you resigning from the team? What do you mean you going to see the therapist or you going to see the psychologist or whatever like that? What do you mean? Like, in a, in a sport where we're supposed to be dominant and supposed to be, you know, ferocious on the court and unforgiving, like, you decide. And, and then it's not just one of you. It's both of you guys taking that, that initiative, too. So I can, I, can, I can understand what you're saying. Yeah. So we so we went to him and he said, take life to your own hands. So resign from the team and um, started – Reaching out to others, saying, "Okay, I've resigned. I can still come back, be reinstated, right? And you know, figure out what's what's going on in my situation." Like you said, as we talked to the ads, the other coaches, it was kind of like, like you said, there was nothing else you can do. So eventually, we just say, "You know what? Maybe let's actually put life into our own hands and see where we can go." Because I have belief that where what I can do will take me somewhere. So I had to. We had to literally, you know, stand on our belief in ourselves and. We stopped going to the school after a semester in. Yeah. Then we, we left with. But we finished the semester with 4.0s. Yeah. yeah. On so, Dean's List honors. and So we, we never let, like, that's the whole mentality behind Canon as well. You right. never let anything stop you from right. achieving. Although I'm going through that on the court, I, t- I took that stress out on my academics, right. you know, and, and went harder in the classroom, building yeah. relationships with my professors and with my classmates. We took projects in class to describe what, what was going on on the court. You know, he was doing projects. Well, I, yeah, I had a digital media presentation, and uh, I put all my, my jerseys and my pictures, not jerseys, but the pictures of my jerseys together. Mm-hmm. And ironically, on the clock, it said 20. I went to the, the gym, threw some powder up like LeBron, took a picture. I turned around. 
the clock said 20. That's how old I was at the time. Wow. So the picture literally showed me with my hands up with the powder. And through the powder was a question mark because it was all my jerseys lining up. And at the top of the powder was a question mark of where I was going to play next because of everything we were going through. I truly didn't know. So our teachers are the, the faculty, the, the cafeteria people, they're, they're seeing us, you know, with our faces down. Like, yo, you guys used to be the, the upbeat kids walking yeah. around, like, with the new energy. We came with our brand. We created our – we've had our brand for years. But, you know, we started creating shirts and design and everything. We came with that whole image of, you know, being a cannon, and this is what a cannon does. In fact, right. we started training a girl on the women's team – who ended up being one of the nationally ranked players in the nation and scoring wow. Wow. and free top five in almost six or seven categories in the nation at so. five, three. So mm, she's, wow. she's showing that anything is possible. Another, right. another representation of, of canon. Of canon. <laughs> so, um, I say after, you know, after all of those things in one nutshell, that's when we decide to, you know, okay, we're just going to come home and, you know, see where we go we can go from here and try and get another opportunity to play you know dealing with that backlash from your parents my parents are like man we've been supporting y'all for 20 plus years now i can't do this no more so now we're coming home to not nothing because i still have a house but i'm coming home to nothing no assistance it's my mind and myself yeah it's the biggest thing when you you come home from college and it's like it's not looked at it the same way right. when you come home from jail. We spoke about that before. Like when people come fire, home from prison, yeah, yeah you glorified it. But when you come home from 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 college and stuff, like what you doing with yourself? Like, all right, what's next? That like, you know, that's what was supposed to take you. you know? Right, right. That you was supposed to springboard you on to whatever the rest of your life is, right. and for you to come back is like the world view you as like almost a failure, or mm-hmm. you haven't, or you you guys did great there. But it wasn't to the level what they thought that you should have done. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like it's viewed as a failure. Definitely is. Just speak about uh to get back to your, your project, your digital media project. Like with that, did you get like all those signs that you pulled out of there? Did you pull them out yourself or somebody like seen like, hey, the, the clock here or the question was, mark here? <laughs> that was me. It was you, it yeah. It was all me. That that gotta give you like a divine, like divine. Like I know my purpose is my purpose. Like, right. you know, that's a reinsurance. When I realized the clock said 20, because originally I came in, you know, the clocks are set this it's 30 second shot clock in college. So yeah. I come in, it's on 20. Yeah. That's just that's just random. Right. So I threw the powder up, Troy took the picture. I'm like, all right, cool started adding the things i'm like how can i get the 20 to go away then i'm like wait i'm 20 years old i'm like oh yeah like like you said it's like a divine thing it's like okay this is who i am all these pictures who i'm gonna be i don't know yet but i know like with the picture i had a cannon shirt on it said cannon across the chest i'm standing with like this it's like okay i know that as a cannon i'm gonna get there eventually eventually yeah Yeah. i was doing i was a health and wellness major so i'm doing um self-evaluations on your mental health so i'm literally writing out how i feel um am i depressed am i anxious um how i can help myself you know and it was and you guys are young like i didn't mean to cut you off you young and y'all have these tools that men don't have like or men don't mm-hmm. discover that they need these type of tools though so like i salute y'all for that for like sure. yeah like Thank to be able sure. to to be educated enough in your mental health and be able to you know, bet on yourself ultimately. Yeah. And I think it's it's just taking it serious, you know, like you see the commercials on 
on TV, you know, sometimes on Instagram, little surveys and stuff like that. You take that stuff serious, you really, like, um, they have life surveys where they look at your social life, your love life, your money, your, um, your happiness in general. You actually mark those things one through ten, you realize a lot of things are fives, they're fours. Yeah, yeah. You know, and how can I make those things better? You know, yeah. and that's what you have to take serious. Some people are, uh, I'm cool with my money. Truthfully, you may not be. Right. How can you better that? And that's the part where people feel discouraged and side it off because they know truthfully you got to think about it, you got to apply it, you got to mm-hmm. work to make that thing better. Yeah. yeah. And then, then I, I, I read something before they said if you, if you, if you wrote a bubble down and you, you put somebody's name in there, a friend or something like that, and you wrote out all the, the advice you would give them if they were going through struggles and then you tried to do the same thing with yourself everything you would write out for yourself would be negative or but you would be so encouraging to to somebody else and it's like if you just replace your name with the things that you encourage people you'd be like because we just as, as people we're so hard on the, on ourselves Self, yeah. but we encourage other people when they going through like somebody could be going through the same shit you going through and we're going to encourage them but us we're going to take it hard on ourselves we're going to look at it like damn we could have did better or we could have did we just hard on ourselves in general mm-hmm. but you guys not like you guys go through this journey together and um at this point you said like to get back to it you you're back home now now it's like we we doubling down on the Canon Academy and how did how did that work out? What did that that looks like? Um we doubled down and that's where like the pivot doesn't necessarily pivot, but I think the people who are part of Canon Academy, people who decided to train with us, you know, some people they're trainers because they played in college, they went D one or they're pros, they mm-hmm. went overseas. That's their title for trainer, that's their um, what makes them established or yeah they give that's them what makes yeah, them relevant trainer. Trainer. I've been give you it give them credentials credentials, to credentials. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, the word yeah, for it yeah. credentials I've been training since I was fourteen so like for me training isn't nothing it's nothing for me to show you how to dribble real quick or or to shoot it right you know so um for most people who train with us they watch us in the gym so when I shoot it from half court the kid is wild he goes how do you do that I'm like hey ask your mom and you could train with me right. and that's where a lot of my people have met us. Um, and that's when they decided to start training with because of how we play. So the Canon Academy, it really was everybody, everybody who you see on my page are people who are just a part of my journey. And that's the way I look at it. We're all trying to, my, my youngest kid, he's a, a five, four. Mm-hmm. What, is, what is he now? He's, no, he's six now. He's six. He, done grown. he, done grown. he wants to go to the NBA. <laughs> I want to go to the NBA. We're both trying to go to the NBA. So yeah, let's do it. And yeah. that's the difference. It's not me training you. You're training with me. Right. To get to where we gotta go, yeah. So that's dope. It's, it's like all of us work together. We work. So we walk in a journey together. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we um we double down on that, and everybody who's a part of it, you know, they they really really take take pride in looking up to us and looking up to the work ethic, to the mentality. So when when the kids feel discouraged, I'm more like a brother for them than a trainer because I'm their outlet to talk about, you know, going through things with their parents, how to navigate through that, going through things with their friends, just life in general, almost like how I did for my brother. Yeah. We're those people to, hey, if you do this, it's going to send you this way. If you do this, you're going to be okay, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. Well, uh, training in general is more, like you guys have the person, the personal skills. Like, like you said, a lot of people come with credentials and resumes instead of like, oh, I did this or I played in the NBA. 
But do you have the personal skills to say like, oh, I have them live through those struggles and things of that nature? Yeah. But um, see, I want to get back to this too. You you say you threw up the the, uh, the chalk <laughs> in the air, so yeah. I I, I want to know who's your goat? Who's the I'll NBA say, goat? Who's the NBA goat right now? Who's your NBA goat? goat? All time goat. All right, I will say again as a player, LeBron is my goat. But as far as my mentality, defensively, offensively, how I attack workouts and how I just attack living, it is Jordan. I grew okay. up watching Jordan. So that that would, all right. So, what would be your comp player? Like, if if we did just scouting report, what what would your comp player be? Who if I they play say, like? yeah, if they say like, oh, uh, you measure out. If you become a pro, you would play like this player. I want to ask both of y'all that. Michael well, Jordan. Yeah, I like that. I play defense and offense, dominantly. So, what about you? What would you be your comp player? Um, for me, just because of the high level of skill, Kyrie Irving. But um, the the thing is, is most people they go, oh, I play like this player, and they have everything that they have. Yeah. Um, I'm skilled, so Kyrie Irving, but have a high IQ. You know, I I play. I feel like I play like Chris Paul. I have right. the mindset of Chris Paul. So, skill level wise, when people see me, they're gonna say Kyrie Irving. I feel like. That's what's up. That's what's up. Say, so, yeah. I say if, if you were to see me, it'd be more like. A Damian Lillard type of guy, because like you said, we we shoot from far, so our ability to stretch the yeah. I seen y'all videos. I got some shots. Yeah, 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 I seen it. Yeah. yeah, so like I can't really post my I post my defense on the Instagram because that look a little yeah, weird, yeah, yeah, yeah. Defensively, <laughs> offensively, we feel like we we have enough skill to you know be sufficient on any court. But defensively, that's where we truly take pride. I truly take pride in on ball defense and and making sure my man. Does nothing like that's my mentality. It's almost like a like a DB in football. I'm coming in like all right. This is why receivers not getting anything, and right. I'm making sure I you know. Yeah, and that, and that's and that's by not scoring. Also mentally too, you know. And that's where we we love Jordan's mentality because if your player can feel like he doesn't want to play basketball anymore, now you're you're gonna kill him on offense. Yeah. You know you're gonna you're gonna walk through their defense because your man has given up. It's the beautiful thing about basketball is like, uh, I think LeBron said at first, he was like, it's a team sport. He said, if you want to play for just yourself, play golf and all that. And it's like, was not the only, but it's one of the only sports where you play both sides of the ball. So if I kill you on offense, I'm going to have to get you on defense too. Like, yeah, you got to meet me on both ends of this to feel like, I mean, on both sides of the court. Mm -hmm. What was your goal, Troy? You ain't give us your goal. My goal, I got, I have LeBron. 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 Because if, if you're looking at basketball and you're supposed to fill the stats up, that's what they say. Yeah. LeBron does it. Definitely. You know? mm-hmm. Greatest of all time in basketball, the GOAT. He does everything. It's LeBron. And he's know? a leader. He leads his team. He makes people who, like Delavadova. You wouldn't know who Delavadova was. You used Delavadova. No. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't seen Delavadova since, since he left. Then, yeah. <laughs> well, well, he, still <laughs> we still know his name, though. The reason yeah. why you know a lot of players yeah. is because of LeBron. LeBron. Yeah. He makes he made a lot of people money. Like uh, what's the uh, guy? Booby Gibson. Booby. He ain't heard. You he ain't heard from Booby since he left the Cavs. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. And he a Laker too. So you know, shout out the Lakers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lakers so do y'all do y'all have a team favorite team or y'all travel y'all travel with with Brian? Yeah, yeah that's Bron crazy. Travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all Brian travelers. I'm on travel. So um, I saw this one interview. Uh, Paul Pierce was 
Uh, they asked Paul Pierce, who was the, uh, I told y'all this pre-show, I wanted to ask y'all this. Paul Pierce said the hardest person for, was it Paul Pierce? Said the hardest person for him to cover was Melo over Kobe and LeBron. He said he had a harder time guarding Melo. Wow. He said because he just was, has so many different facets of his game. Like, he can kill you on the post. He can kill you from the post. I mean, he can step out and shoot the three. He can play physical. He can blow by you. He has so many, like, layers to his game. Like, with Kobe, he said Kobe was more finesse and a post-up game, but he didn't have, like, mellow bag had everything in it. What do y'all think? Like, who do you think was, the, out of those three, who do you think is the hardest cover? Hmm. Like you gotta remember I, before I, before Durant walked into the league, they called Melo like the ultimate weapon. Like he even went Olympic Melo. Olympic Melo was unstoppable, man. I that's had a it. I had a Melo jersey growing up. I just say Melo because that's respect. <laughs> he no. Kobe is gonna score over four people regardless. So if that's if that's Kobe's what you're dedication to scoring on somebody. Yeah. I feel like he didn't want to give it to Kobe because if he said that. He's a Celtic as well. He's not giving the Lakers no love. But Kobe, like I said, he's attacking you on offense. So Melo does have a lot to his game. He's he's physical and everything, but Melo is awesome. He probably looked up to Kobe. So I'm going to give it to Kobe. I never was sold on Melo. I never really Yeah, man. Melo was my favorite player. For some reason. I don't know what it was. When Brian and Melo and them came and Wade came that 03 draft, Melo was my favorite player. They mm-hmm. robbed him of that Rookie of the Year award, but hey, that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah, that's wrong yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then one thing about Kobe, though, no, nobody had, like, stoppers. Like, like they had Kobe stoppers. They had they named people Kobe stoppers, like Roger Bell and then Ruben Patterson. They had, oh, he the Kobe stopper. He the Kobe stopper. Yeah, like, they had people that it was like, oh, yeah, he going to spend it. He didn't do nothing, but his goal was to stop Kobe. Not too many people in the league had players, like, Oh yeah, he was supposed to stop Kobe, but he didn't. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I always thought that was crazy. Like Kobe was like to his back. But my thing with I always I say Melo not because I'm just a fanboy, but Melo was like he can kill you in so many different ways. Like Kobe was a great finesse post player, but Melo can back you down like a, a five would, step out and shoot the three better than LeBron could, and then will kill you with the mid range as well. And then Brian, I just felt Brian was always a facilitator, facilitator, but he could he could score as why, well. Why in the goat talk is Kobe not really mentioned, mentioned. as much as Brian and Jordan? I, I, think he is. I don't think so. I, I just I think the it's not up in the air as much because the people that say he isn't, mm-hmm. it's like a definite no. There's no like middle ground with it. He's right. either, he is or he isn't. As opposed to everybody else, like like Ron compared to Mike, right. there's always that that middle ground. Okay. So Kobe is like, like he isn't. So on Jordan, Jordan really is the dude who, if you look back at Jordan highlights, nobody was doing what Jordan was doing at all. Yeah. Kobe looked up to Jordan. His game followed Jordan. So Kobe has a up in there with Bron. Bron is his own entity, just the way like Jordan, Jordan is his own yeah. entity. Kobe, for me. It's just a baby Jordan. It's a baby Jordan. Right. You know what I always did it. One thing I always said. Go ahead, I'm gonna let you go. But one thing I always said, like, well, like certain players who dominated the league, like the Shaqs of the world, and like even LeBron, I put them in that 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 space of like unicorns. Mm-hmm. Like 
Kobe and Jordan wasn't like freak athletes or nothing like that. They were they was Jordan they was, was athletic, was but they were they built was regular. Like you could find somebody that was six six, two oh nine every day coming in the league. And yeah. it's like what made Jordan different because his skill, he was actually skilled. Mm-hmm. Like LeBron walked in here and they was like, yo, he the size of Carl Malone, but he gonna play like Magic Johnson, but he could shoot better than Magic Johnson. Like he was a freak athlete. Mm-hmm. Like he always had that in his bag. Like Shaq had that in his bag for Shaq, for every skill Shaq didn't have, he was just too big for anybody. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's pause, cool. But <laughs> Why you cool, cool. I ain't got to get the pause off. But with that said, the, the uh, NBA playoffs coming up. Um, what y'all feel? Like, what y'all think going to happen this year? Who y'all think going to play for the chip? Uh. I know you're saying. Why wouldn't they? Don't don't do yeah, that Brian to yourself. Don't to the, like this is eventually. being recorded. This will live on the internet. Do not do that to yourself. <laughs> like this will not go away. We will we will make a real with y'all saying LeBron <laughs> gonna win it, <laughs> and y'all he's gonna be home. Like do hey, not bro. do that to yourself, man. Hey. <laughs> and when Brian, when you hear this, yeah. I was rooting for you. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, nah, but yeah, give go it. against Brian. When do you go against him? When he has a solid team, a better team than before. Solid, we solid, man. We solid. solid. Going solid. to the healthy, he does that all the time. If any team gets hurt, it's up for grabs. Right. But healthy, you taking Bron, AD, AD. D-Lo. 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 D-Lo been putting in work. Chill. Hey, relax, relax, <laughs> relax. D-Lo, D-Lo, what? That's crazy. Yo, you acting crazy. D-Lo Brown. D-Lo Brown. D-Lo Brown. They got Rui, Rui Hachimir, who was almost the, getting that Kuzma deal from the Wizards before he got traded. He a nice like, piece. You feel they me? Got, they got, they so got they a beat the Suns. Who's I, I beating the Lakers? He's a piece that's not utilized to his full potential. Yeah, that's nice true. Piece, they should they should start them. Lakers beat the Suns. But who's beating? This is my main gripe with Bron. Right, everybody that plays with Bron does never play to their full potential. Look at Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, uh, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram. It's, it's a lot of dudes that play with Bron. Right, they ball out when they and ball out as soon as they get Why? traded. I mean, it's, we, can, we, can, we can still we can argue we can argue that they. Learned a lot from Brian. Now they on their own. You know what I'm saying? What does Brian bring to the table though? He's even he's literally controlling the court. He's putting you in a role. That's what Brian does. He puts you in a role, and if you're not excelling at it, it's going to show. But in this game today, there aren't too many role players. Huh? There's, it's a lot of one on one basketball. It's a lot of dudes who want who want to uh, uh, play ISO, and, and and that's it. You got dudes like uh, 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 Caldarius Pope. He's not a spot up. He's not a three and D guy. He wants the ball. He want, he wants to get in the lane. He wants the ball. He wants to, he he was trying to make Kuzma a, a spot up shooter, and that's not his game. Almost like D'Lo. D'Lo gets buckets on this team. Is he gonna be getting just coming down getting buckets? No, because LeBron is waiting for that finals. Game. D'Lo can catch and shoot though. That's 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 the difference. But that's a skill that those other guys don't don't have. have yeah. So that, is that. There, is that their is fault that, or is his? Is I mean, I'm just saying. As, as far as the, I'm, I'm not saying it's anybody's fault. I'm okay, saying okay. as far as like where the game is now. There's not too many guys that are, that are role players. You even look at like a guy like Duncan Robinson who got played out of his role by Max Struess now. Yeah. He's like, he, Duncan Robinson is completely obsolete Boom. on the heat. Yeah. When yeah. two years ago, he, he was the best three-point shooter in the league. The problem with that is Duncan Robinson is a product of the bubble. The bubble's over. Duncan <laughs> Robinson can't play anymore. 
That's, that's literally what it is. It Duncan is Robinson is a product of an empty gym playing basketball. It's a crowd now. He don't shoot 45% from three no more. That's it. Him, TJ Warren dropped 60 or something like that. Like, TJ yeah, Warren, yeah, yeah. He, is he even on the team? TJ Warren don't even play he like that no play. more. Yeah. 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 He was killing them. He had them two up. games. Yeah. He was killing yeah. them. Yeah. He put up like 55 and then 60, and that was it. That leads me to the Mickey Mouse chip that LeBron got, but I ain't gonna go there today. I'm not gonna go there. We don't have enough time to go into the Mickey Mouse chip. Hey man, I can't take that away from Jordan. Had nine other seasons. That's true. That's true. LeBron, if he didn't win that, you would have been like, yeah, he didn't win. So we had to win that, Joe. He had to win the bubble. So y'all, y'all, y'all going Lakers against who? (sighs) That's the thing. The East is really a toss up because Giannis is Giannis. He's the. I'm gonna go Giannis. Ain't nobody stop. Can't you can't deal with Giannis. The Sixers, you can stop them. I watched them run a two. The Heat ran a two three. The Sixers <laughs> couldn't even work. I'm like, bro, are you guys serious right now? A two three took y'all out. <laughs> Come on, man. The Sixers yeah, go through two. Yo, slow down on my Sixers. Yeah. <laughs> it's near, three, near, near dear to my heart. Man. Near dear to my heart, bro. Joel but yeah, that is true. They they lack. I mean, my personal opinion, I'm gonna say Boston. I'm a Sixers fan, but Boston, they got the athletes. And um, mm-hmm. what I heard somebody say today is. Uh, the top four guards on the team, Boston and Golden State, has that. Like between uh, Jalen Brown, uh, Brand, what's his name, Derek White, mm-hmm. Smart is Smart, and Tatum. Like those four guards are interchangeable, and you could play all four of them on the court at the same time. And they all going play great defense, and they going knock down threes. So it's essentially, you got four three and Ds out there. And I think Golden State similar has the same thing with not the size, but they have. Pool, Curry, Clay, you just got guards you can run out there that can shoot the ball. Yeah, that's their thing. They play great D and mm-hmm. they shoot three. Yeah, they shoot mm-hmm. threes. I don't know if if if, if Golden State would get out the, the West because Durant is Durant. Durant is Durant. They don't play a lot of defense, but but I'm saying like as far as the Suns. I don't think they're coming out of the Clippers. The Suns aren't playing because they're playing the Lakers. The Suns? You got Paul George and Kawhi. Paul George's not playing. He's not playing here. Oh, he's not? He's hurt. Paul, Paul George is playoff P. Why don't we talk about him? But he's he's not going to play this first round, I don't he's think. Not he's not going to be there, then. then <laughs> we still got Kawhi, and I like Kawhi's defense. But I think people don't talk about the Suns enough because they didn't play together that much since mm-hmm. Durant been there. Yeah. And it's something to say, too. Not I don't think – now, I could be wrong. I'm not so – I'm not a statistician, but I think it's not been many teams that won the championship after making a deadline trade, like for a big star. It usually don't happen that first year. So mm-hmm. they got that going against them. But I do think that like when you stack that team up, people don't talk about them because they didn't play like 40 games together and say like, oh, they went on a 12 game running streak and all that. So people don't talk about them, but they might be the best team out West. The Lakers, Lakers, <laughs> the Lakers are going to win, man. Absolutely. The Lakers beat the Suns. Everybody's gonna be like, oh, LeBron, he's gonna do Look, it again. When I put y'all yeah. side by side with, yeah, with Dylan Brooks, crazy. with Dilly like this, <laughs> with Dilly like that, 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 with Dilly, when Villain Brooks, yeah, with the perm out, yeah, bro, we with beat Villain Brooks. Listen, <laughs> we beat hey, Memphis, guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed. Oh, so since we on the pie right now, what's 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 the pie bet? What what, what you doing if they lose? Against my team, but oh, that's vicious. 
Which what, 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 I, I, yeah. Whoever I'm it is, perming my head. I'm getting. <laughs> oh, he putting a perm on. Oh, oh no. Now you got. We gotta get you the whole fit. You gotta yeah, get, get the I wear wig and do the whole thing. We don't beat Memphis, and that's gonna be the episode art. All right. Okay. <laughs> With it, you got the whole what linen on and everything. He had the linens on. Yeah. What happens to Grizzlies? You gotta talk. You gotta, talk. You gotta root for LeBron a whole game. You gotta post every on Twitter. I know you got I'll Twitter. I do the purple. I do the purple face mask that's, and all that. That's crazy. That's <laughs> <laughs> if if all right, if LeBron comes out this first round, I, I wear a LeBron jersey. That that first that first pop. That's not as painful as that. I, it is for me. Yeah, that's really it is crazy. For you. <laughs> it is the post is crazy. I take that. I take that. I'll meet you. I'll, if, if whoever wins, got dressed up like Dylan Brooks. <laughs> it's a bet Y'all heard it here And hit the twist Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Y'all heard it here on the fire the going and all that <laughs> Boom uh, yeah. Go ahead what you, you got something mm. You got something Nah Sorry I was missing most of the pot had to, <laughs> Dad's in progress I had to dad But uh, <laughs> so is, there any, is there anything we missed That y'all want to elaborate on We'll talk about. Uh, I did want to ask y'all about like what y'all programming, what y'all 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 spoke highly of what y'all do, and um, your program and stuff like that. You got to offer. Talk about the the uh, culture of basketball just in general, though. Like with the like we saw the, it's a viral video of kids like five years old celebrating and doing yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> doing yeah. stuff like that in the AU basketball, CYO basketball. Like talk about the state of like where um, sports is right now. Also, you got the dads fighting the refs, choking the refs oh, out, yeah, and the coaches yeah, fighting yeah, each yeah. other. And then you you was talking earlier about how you saw uh, both of your coaches arguing about you playing. So you you know you you, ha- you definitely understand the mindset of of the player, but um, just from the aspect of the trainer, I guess um, you could speak to both. Um, so the the AU AU before it was the best of the best players playing the best of the best, and when you're traveling to Florida and those places, it's a lot of money in it. Nowadays, it's a lot of AU teams that aren't the best of the best. They're actually the AU teams for the people who didn't make the team, but at that point. AU is now watered down. However, it's so much money and it's so high stakes that people will fight over it. People are serious enough to <laughs> beat up a rep. You know? <laughs> um, it's just it's just so much money in it that it's not even serious anymore, man. It's not. Um, yeah, you had to be elite to play AAU basketball. Like I played and like like to even get a tryout for AAU team, you had to be really good. And now it's like we we all make AAU teams. Like anybody got one. Yes. Yeah. The, the tournaments are, like you said, it's watered down. The tournaments are making money off of the parents and the and the coaches and the teams as well because everyone's pulling up these tournaments. There's no scouts at this tournament. Yeah. AAU is a travel bat or travel program meant for exposure. It's an exposure thing. If you're not seeing or playing in front of college coaches mm-hmm. or someone that's going to put you on to the next level for whatever it may be. I need to find a new mm-hmm. AAU team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I need to become good enough to play for that elite AU team that's going to get you the college exposure that you yeah. want. I think it's a vast, a vast uh, misconception with, with AAU basketball because when people put out, oh, I play for a basketball basketball team, you think it's like the damn NBA G League or something like that for kids. Yeah. And it's like, now that you're breaking it down, I never knew it was just like, oh, anybody could get a team. Like Now it is. Yeah. yeah. It's watered down. It's definitely a watered down like component than what it used to be. And it was like, certain AAU teams and like oh this team was from this territory this team was from this territory and you know they attract certain scouts mm-hmm. and now it's just not that like 
But just the the culture of basketball, like everybody celebrate and all that, and it's just yeah, like I think that's the video. Yeah, game. that comes from video that's the games. Video games and the social media, everything like like Ball's Life mixtape. You got a Ball's Life mixtape, you're going to Kentucky. Yeah, <laughs> I could pick. I could type in basketball, and we can go to any kid. He doesn't even play anywhere. He's not going anywhere. But he has a a real video yeah. with a real cameraman of him scoring, him playing defense, him getting a block. Which is but good you, for the yeah. Kid. It's it's great for the kid. I'm happy that you were able to get these things, you know, and and show yourself in this light. But if you go to the game, little Timmy lost by 45. Yeah, little Timmy <laughs> truly only has seven points that game. You know, so we need to bring that. And the highlight video was all right-handed layups, <laughs> <laughs> all right-handed layups. Look at it for still, <laughs> with some little baby playing in the background. <laughs> yeah. It's a misrepresentation of who a child actually is as an athlete, not only to themselves but to the world. Right. But once you yeah. lie to the world, you're lying to yourself. You had you had to be good to get a a, a mixtape. Now one what? through twelve, the whole team got a mixtape. Like everybody got a mixtape. And it's money in it. So like if, if like you record your mixtape and you paying these draft express or ballers life to put it on there and it's like it costs you a certain amount of money to get stuff on there. So it was all a money grab and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. You had you had kids like uh uh Julian Newman, Julius yeah. Newman who was like AAU like yeah. LeBron A or Steph Curry A, you I'm like this dude is, I mean, this kid's garbage. Like <laughs> he's garbage. Like I mean, it's is it, the type of basketball he plays isn't like a uh, interchangeable. Realistic. It's not it's realistic. Not realistic. Yeah. yeah, he over here cooking some some little Timmy from from Edinburgh. Oh yeah, that was that was high school though. Yeah. Yeah. That was his yeah. actual high school, high school team. Yeah. 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 When he played AAU, he played the top. He, he was on more of a league. It's just team. about bringing that hunger back. Before you had to be good to get that mixtape, so you're gonna work for it. You now know? you gotta have money. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, 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 exactly what it is. Yeah, literally. So it's it's getting watered down because nobody's truthfully working for anything anymore. Even the holding the three up after you shoot it, you know, like. <laughs> Once you get to the highest level, then you can be proud of hitting that three. But until you knock down a hundred in a row, it's no point of even celebrating. Yeah. I think that's equivalent yeah, you're to losing. I think with us, like you're losing a game. My my era was the clothes. Like we used to have all the headbands and all that stuff like that, and that was our equivalent of acting like the stars. Now it's more in the cadence and like how people act and the stuff mm-hmm. they do. Like they doing the Mikel Bridges mm-hmm. now and then all that. Like yeah. everybody doing stuff. But I think with us, it was just like the gear we had. Like all the wristband, armband, and stuff like that. And then you show up like, yo, this kid can't play. <laughs> like, yeah. And they sweating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't get in the game at all. Yeah. I will say this, though. This is the gem. This is a real gem right here. Is all the kids, truthfully, on the inside, what they're trying to emulate is skill. In the NBA, we're having some of the most skilled players nowadays. The NBA is turning into a skilled game. So when kids are... Laying it up and trying to hit the reverse. All they're trying to do is show skill. Yeah. Do they truly have the skill to do it? Yeah. That depends on each kid. Right. But skill is is the gem nowadays. Skill is what you truthfully want. Yeah, that is true. Like how you, you get your true. skill, like like the way we play. We're we're playing like the Jordan Pools, like the Kyrie Irvings. When I was coming up, I was frowned upon. They said I played weird. I had a weird style. Yeah. But in reality, I had the style of the future. But you need to to how you develop your skill is going to lead you into that style. Kids are trying to have, like, what we, we emphasize is yeah. hang, keeping the ball off the ground so you can take more steps. 
you see NBA players take all those steps and their hand is like this. Hand underneath it. That's yeah. a carry. Yeah. You know, we emphasize keeping your hand like this, but being able to take all those steps. I have 12 year olds who can do exactly what I do because they practice the right skill. So if you practice the right skill, you can play like that NBA player. You try to do what the NBA player does and you don't have that specific skill, it's not going to work out for you. And that's where you have the James Harden move and kids are touching it too early. They're trying to have the NBA skill because. It's a lot of people who can get to the NBA early, like the G League Ignite. Kids are 16, not 16, but you yeah. know, 17, 18, and they're with the NBA players. Do they have that skill? Some of them do. Some of them are just athletic, but skill is, is truthfully what everybody wants nowadays. You know, you need the fundamental foundation to get to that stuff. Like, you're trying to Euro step, but you can't lay the ball up with both hands. So what's the point? Like, you're getting around, but you're going back to your right. Like... Yeah. Yes, things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. But this has been a, a great interview. Like, Absolutely. Uh, definitely, thank you for coming. Like, I this been in the making. Appreciate it. We um, tell us, tell us, yeah, drop all your uh, your ads and stuff like that. Where you can get the merch. I'm digging the merch. The can, <laughs> the ka. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, read our memoir. It's called Blackball: The Pursuit of the College Dream. Yeah, go ahead, touching it that before we get out of here. Yeah. So. We brief like we mentioned majority, not majority. I say a little bit of the things you know that yeah. we spoke about is in the memoir, but it just talks about our upbringing. You know what it was like growing up, having a mom who was a teacher and a dad who just you know had a, a ninety five, but he's working to take care of my mom. It talks about how we went to school and the things that happened in high school and in college. Right. How to navigate, through. how to navigate through it, the mental side of it. Um, you know, not being too hard on yourself. Understand that it's just a moment and finding ways to, you know, better yourself through these situations. And then we also spoke on AAU. That's also in it. Okay. And then what we didn't speak on is the African-American culture and how our society is, is we don't let our children grow up. From nine years old, we got kids that are taking care. Like, my brother took care of me my whole life. This is, in you a rush sense, him into adulthood. My, right. second, my second dad. Like, sometimes yeah. I go chill, dad, because he's like a, a father figure, how he talks to me. So they're being rushed into adulthood so early that you're never able to process your dreams to even believe in your dreams or even imagine your dreams. You know, I grew up wanting million dollar cars. My dad like, boy, you ain't getting that million dollar car. Yeah. I'm like, why not? He never really had an answer. So I'm in my head. I'm like, Oh, you don't even got an answer for it. Okay. I can still go get that car. Cause you're just saying it. Yeah. So with reflecting that, your fears. Yeah. With that mindset, you know, these kind of things limit us as, African American men limit we're already going against the we're world. already going against the the world in, in general. So with these things, you know, we use our memoir and our platform and ourselves in general to to promote that. Listen, as an African American, you can believe in yourself. You can right. believe in your dreams and want to be. No matter what happens to you, who tells you you can't be anything? You can become, you know, what you want to become. Yeah, and our memoir Absolutely. also is because we're still trying to play. You know, after all of this time, they say, "Well, why didn't you play?" It's you know, if all you have is the truth, you know, your truth, your character, then you have to just stand on that and, and truly that's it is what it is. You know, so the memoir is really, you know, we've held it in for so long. that It's like it's just it's just the truth, you know, of who what we in, are. What inspired that to you guys to say, like, it's time to put it out, like get it out there. Um, My pop up, he passed away. And when he passed away, he's. <laughs> He, he's done, he has so many accomplishments in his life. And um, he he wrote about it. You know, he wrote a book 
uh, about, not about himself, what is that called? Autobiography. Autobiography. Yeah, yeah. he wrote an autobiography just so we knew as his grandchildren who he was. You know, he wasn't around all the time. So he wanted his legacy with us because we didn't really know him much. And he's like, listen, I want to tell you guys who I am with yeah. without any egos and without, oh, you love me because I'm Pop-Up. No, this is who and what I've done for the world. And this is how you can do the same things. And he, he used to always tell me, you know, you're going to write a book. You're going to write a book. I'm like, not writing a book. He literally <laughs> then, passed away, and we saw his his paperwork sitting there. We we're like, and we about to write about it. Right That's there. the only yeah. way we can. A coach isn't going to believe you when you just say it. You write about it, they might take you a little bit more seriously. I hope they take you a little bit more seriously. Even so, the world don't believe me. It's a thousand guys with our story. Like, oh, I feel like my coach did me wrong. Okay, but what did you do about it? Are you still trying to go? Do you still wake up every day and work out like your coach didn't do you wrong? No, you didn't. Oh, okay. Well, you're just anybody. We wrote that to show, like, I'm serious about what I'm saying. I'm so serious, I wrote a book about it. I'm so serious, I post on my Instagram, my workouts every day about it. I'm so serious, I train the community to who inspire, who sees me doing what I do and want to train with me. I train them to help them get to where I want to go as well. So it's, like you said, it's just, it's just about inspiring everyone else. Even if you don't play basketball, if you're in music, you're in school, you, you know, you're making a podcast, yeah, whatever. It's a mentality. Yeah, yeah, it's just a mentality towards yeah, life. To it's approach the, things in general in life, yeah. yeah. One thing we did say mentality. the canon mentality is built on men, the mentality of being undeniable. I feel like the only way I would ever get a chance is if I'm truly undeniable. I'm 5'11". I got to be able to dunk. I got a 40-inch vertical. I need to get the 50, though, because that'll be undeniable. So even with these types of things, you have to keep working. Because if you're chasing undeniable, it's like chasing perfection. You can't be perfect. And you can't be undeniable because somebody in the world is going to tell you no. So, you know, being undeniable is a is just a pursuit of being the true best of all time. I like that. That's dope. I like that. So where can we get the memoir? Uh, where can oh, we get the shirts? Canon yeah. Academy on Instagram. Okay. Um, that's primarily where we post everything from our workouts every day to our kids training with us. Um, the merch is on Canon Academy. The book is published on Kobo Books, K-O-B-O Books. Okay. It's on probably every app store you have. If you type in Blackball at the Pursuit of the College Dream, it'll come up on the internet. And um, it's also on Canon Academy as yes, well. It's a free Instagram book. Page. It's, in the, it's in our bio on Canon Academy. So it is appreciated if everybody tapped in and, and really checked out the mentality of that you should take towards life. Yeah, that's that's definitely dope. Like I said, I... I I applaud y'all. Y'all maturity at such a young age, man. Sure. Y'all got the tools that some people don't get until they way older or realize that they need. Like, you know, and that's a uh, that's a reflection of y'all upbringing. Absolutely. Tough, but it was necessary. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Also, y'all perseverance. I got to commend y'all on y'all perseverance because I know people who have been in y'all situation uh, may not necessarily be identical, but, you know, they didn't get that, that big shot that they wanted and they just quit. I mean, and the fact that y'all y'all found a different route to to pivot and still and go still and, and still and not even just pivot, but to actively pursue what y'all want to do, while doing something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, big up to y'all, man. The memoir, sure, everything, sure. like, and then for y'all ages, like y'all 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 young, like we got some yeah. years on y'all. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? We got, we got a couple ask, years on y'all. You know what I mean, so like, <laughs> y'all y'all are definitely two impressive young men. Absolutely, Absolutely. for real. Y'all, y'all parents should be proud. Y'all should be proud of yourselves. Thank you. For real. We want to highlight. We want to highlight people like. With stories like you have, you guys have, 
It's definitely what we do it for. Yeah, thank y'all thank for you. that platform. Yeah, thank you thank for coming you. up here and sharing your story with us for sure. Like, and anytime y'all need somebody you. get out there on the court, <laughs> like, yeah, Man, y'all gotta check us I out. Got jabs, check yeah. out. Yeah, got jabs. We, we definitely gotta come out. Yeah, we, we gotta come out. Yeah, yeah grab sure. some gear. We got we got a couple. We got a tour. We gonna have a tour. We gotta make it to Upper Derby High. We got a couple places we gotta go. <laughs> yeah, y'all definitely on the list of tour. We gonna just pull up on y'all. God, like, oh true. my God, Mr. Stevens, keep doing that jab stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that jab. <laughs> yeah, heavy pump feet. But this yeah. is episode 45 of the dip. 45. What's your, what's your saying, Hev? Remember, as long as you're in progress, you're not failing. It's the dip. We out. Yeah.